1: God's love it's be done. with
2: Welcome to our Friday night podcast from the man in the black suit. We are excited to have everybody here tonight, and it's good to see you, Karen and Lori and Joni and Floor Posse. And uh, so I, I decided I would start this evening with a little bit of space oddity. After all, it was around this time of night in 1969 that man first walked on the moon so i just thought it would be appropriate to start the program that way
0: an epic event marking the opening of our our epic podcast (laughs) 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 well maybe not so epic but i'm happy to see you joining us everyone um thanks so much for making some time on this friday evening or early saturday morning as it may be for some of you just so happy to have everyone with us today Um, and we have a lot of chapters to cover we have a lot of ground to cover we do we do
2: in this overview of of everything we've done from chapter 14 through uh, chapter 18 and uh, you know just it 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 should be groundbreaking as like uh, Major Tom has been through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's and awesome. we uh, we did have our epic podcast last Wednesday, I have to say. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, SR. When SR joined us uh, within 24 hours of the big news, the big announcement. The,
2: the, yes.
0: The one we've been waiting for.
2: That Passionflix is going to be doing the Gabriel series as a movie. They've optioned all three, all three options yeah so that's that's going to be so much fun I'm looking for look forward to that um, so just to, uh, so a few announcements we do have uh, Gabriel's series Gabriel's f- fan podcast on the 29th of July it's a Sunday night it's at 6 p.m. and New York time and they will be uh, celebrating Gabriel's 42nd birthday mm-hmm
0: <laughs> He's Mm. getting to be an old man. (laughs) Sounds like the perfect age to me.
2: It's not bad. (laughs) I'll
1: I'll go there. It's not bad.
2: (laughs) You'll go there, there, Pam? Been there, done that, bought the (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt.
0: Oh my gosh, (laughs) I love it, it.
2: Yes, it was a great age. All I wanted to do was get pregnant again and my husband was was. I was making him nuts, so he got me a puppy.
1: Oh. (laughs) That's it.
2: That's it. That was enough for babies.
0: Well, puppies also (laughs) need unconditional love, so.
2: That's true.
1: I love it. That's true. At 2 a.m. when
2: they have to be taken outside to uh, do their business and, and be brought back in. And they're in a crate, and they're not happy, and they're crying. And then you spoil them and bring them into bed with you like you do with, with babies, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. Anyhow, so then, um, tomorrow, around 3 o'clock on uh, Mexico time, uh, Trilogia de Gabriel will be work- Will be uh, broadcasting for El Ecstasis de Gabriel. And uh, uh, Noites and Florencia, they are on a bit of a break right now, but they're hoping to come back, uh, and they'll be working with El Judgmento de Gabriel. Uh, just a reminder, SR is writing book four of the Gabriel series, and if you uh, missed it, he did uh, post a uh, teaser the other day uh, of, of book four, and in a chat room he was in, he said, and he said he put this out there because he can, and, <laughs> and the professor smiled. Life is all for pleasure, he quoted, and... What would your pleasure be? The pleasure of your company. And she returned his smile and tasted the wine again. The professor took the drink from her hand and placed it aside. He traced his thumb across her palm of her hand with his eyes fixed only on her.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: uh, I love so, that. I just yes. wrote the pleasure of his company. Yeah. Sigh. Yeah.
2: Uh, and uh, again, just a reminder that Passionflix has optioned all of the uh, Gabriel series. And hopefully, they I believe they're start hoping to have a, um, a screenplay by uh, Winter, And I think they want to start shooting in the fall of 2019. So that will be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that
0: i'm so excited about that and i know the links have been out mm-hmm. um if you are not yet on passionflix sign up so you can get the latest and the greatest um and i know there are many other uh authors uh whose work is have has already come or is coming to life um, I, think, I
2: think kate brongberg is co- as a driven's coming out yeah um in august sometime i know that Alessandra Torrey's been there, Jill Shelvis has been there, um, Jim or Jody Ellen
1: Malpaths.
2: and oh, um, I love her oh, by so the way. And if I'm missing somebody I'm, I apologize but yes yeah, so there's a there's a lot of good stuff out there uh, that's current that's original for them but they will and they also do have other movies um, on on the site too it's like you know Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley or um one that I remember seeing with my mother many many years ago love story and cried I remember reading uh, the book and my, I asked my mom why is the why is there a Kleenex on the back of the in, on, in the book and uh she said just read and I realized what it was about and then uh you know, so there, there's a lot of good stuff. I think uh, gentleman and officer and a gentleman is on there. There's quite a few. So, oh, yeah. So if you can, check out Passion Flicks. I think there's even a link to become a founding member on, I think, SR's Twitter feed. Yeah. And, and that is really cool. Uh, you get a lot of information. And as a founder, when they're filming something, that you're interested in and you want to be an extra or walk on the set, they let you know when they're filming and would you like to be here?
0: Yes, please.
2: Yes, please. The only problem I have <laughs> with it is that their money is due. You know, they, they do this like a couple of days before they actually want you. So now you got to find uh, airfare and hotel rooms depending upon where they're filming.
0: And it's it's a quick turnaround, right? Yeah. If and there's if it's Toronto though, Pam, it's drivable for us. Six and a half hours. Six we'll and a half
2: be, hours. I'll be uh,
0: there. Italy would be a little tougher.
2: Well, you know, if if we can work it, we'll work it. But we'll see what happens. You know, we'll go via Iceland, so we have to spend the night in Iceland or something. Oh, I'd love that. That would be cool. That would be cool. So, so we should get started on we we'll start with chapter fourteen.
0: Yes, Chapter 14, and when we left Acacia, this is when things started getting a little intense. Mm-hmm. She was walking with Kate, throwing coins into the Seine for luck. She was kind of concerned because she did not know which way to go and which direction to take. Her cell phone rings, and it's Madame Bishop of KLH. They wanted to speak with her about a position, so she forwarded her CV and made the appointment for the interview. It looks like the coins worked. Um, because mm-hmm. this interview was lined up immediately. And Madame Bishop brought her into the conference room. And Acacia walks in. And who is there? But Nicholas. <laughs> and that was such a great moment. I, I don't know about uh, you guys who are listening right now. But I think that was just one of the best written things. Uh, segments in terms of the surprise factor. Mm -hmm. You kind of knew it was going to happen, but you weren't quite sure. Mm -hmm. And just the way he was looking out the window, staring very Christian Grey-like. And then she turned around and the realization set in. And Acacia's like, are you stalking me? (laughs) And what do you want? (laughs) And of course, he's like, no, I was there to give... He was there to give her, and he wasn't just there to give her her well-deserved gratuity. Um, He agreed that he had wronged her, but he actually has a legitimate offer for her. And he explained about his family businesses um, and that he has started recovering stolen art several years ago. And he had to change his looks and identity because of the nature of the black market. So, I'm sure she was caught off guard as well because, you know, she saw him with a beard, she sees him without the beard, there's the scar, what's going on? And so she's very suspicious of him. And he's very adamant and, matter of fact, about the fact he's supported by many governments, carries diplomatic passports. Um, he gets the art and recovers it and then returns it to its rightful owner. Acacia asks, Are you a spy? which happens to be SR's favorite quote. Mm -hmm. Um, He tells her he inhibits, inhabits the corporate world as he dabbles in the black market for art and antiquities. Now, of course, Akashi is intrigued by this because of her background in the art. And so they were discussing uh, several, several events and several works. And she had asked him if he knew of the Afusi robbery of the Emerson's illustrations. And he said, indeed, he did know about the illustrations because his family was the family that sold the illustrations to the Emerson's. Um, and I think I personally love the fact that there was that connection between Gabriel series and this book Florentine and it series, kind of yeah. and the Florentine like it kind of SR always does the nod to his, his other characters and his other books and this was a wonderful way to weave in um, yeah, his the characters, uh, yeah. his characters the only,
2: uh, so the only thing that I got um, that I remember asking SR about I don't think William gets along with anybody <laughs> <laughs> Because I asked how how he would have gotten along with Nicholas in a a chat room, and he said it's not good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, William's a very strong character.
2: Yes, he is.
0: And uh, I think if we have more books in the Florentine series, we might see uh, Raven taming him a little more. Ah, yeah. I I have a feeling. I think so. But we could only hope. So... Um, You know, when they had this discussion, he had said he was not the Robin Hood in this particular case. Um, He had not recovered uh, those works. And Acacia reminds him that Robin Hood had been captured by the Sheriff of Nottingham. And he countered that. He had powerful friends who could help him. And uh, he he is able to be released um, because of those connections. Um, She referenced what happened at the hotel, and he said, well, the BRB actually released him since he was on the trail of stolen art. And he realized that Marcel was the intermediary in that case. And uh, so, you know, once again, his powerful connections and the strength of his, his background in recovering art Uh, led him to his freedom. Uh, He talked about Marcel though, and he he said he had tested him by asking for an artifact at first. Um, And Marcel said he uh, then knew someone. And so Nicholas had a feeling that Marcel had been mixed up in some illicit activity. He was now still in the coma and Nicholas was trying to track down who attacked him. Uh, Nicholas also suspected Monsieur Roy and thought in particular, which thought in particular, that uh, Monsieur did not want Acacia around um, because of her BRB connections and uh, also because she was suspicious of the activity that was going on in the hotel. Um, And of course, Acacia doesn't want to hear this. She really wanted to keep her job, and she feels very defeated. But Nicholas has an offer. Um, He needs an executive assistant because his current assistant's on leave. He needs someone who can travel with him, make local arrangements, and speak several languages fluently. And Acacia's really leery. She counters that he could find someone better, and she asked him why he went through KLH. Um, and he said he knew KLH was a better, um, organization and was transparent. Um, she would have a legitimate paper trail and, you know, he works with many country companies, um, and KLH was one of them. Madame could offer her his references. And so he really is doing it through KLH to make Acacia feel more comfortable And to have a good paper trail um, you know she he was saying that one of his references was the Minister of the Interior and he became friendly with him when uh, he was part of the Degas recovery that had been stolen in Marseille so he continued to do the sales pitch to her great benefits good salary one-year contract and the all-important and all-tempting EU blue card. Um, Because of his connections, he could get it for her in less than a year's time, which was the usual. This gave her the ability to work anywhere in the European Union, and this was like the golden ticket for her. Um, Acacia still didn't understand why he was offering this to her. You know, she still goes around with trying to figure out What's in it for him, right? She's she's mm-hmm. suspect of his motivations. Um, they hadn't had much contact at the hotel. Um, Nicholas had tested her, looking for a relic of Saint Teresa, and having a bespoke black suit made in a few hours. That
2: was um, fun. That was fun.
0: That was funny. Um, yeah, and and her, you know, her response was was brilliant. Um, and, you know, but the way she handled herself showed him that she was a woman of integrity, honesty, and civic duty. And Nicholas could trust her, and he was sincere in that. Akassi had asked why he had threatened her. Um, and she had said, you know, not only did he threaten her, but Monsieur Roy did. What would happen if she didn't like working for him? Nicholas had told her she could quit without notice, that she was not in indentured service. Um, But he also said that she was worried uh, about her safety at the Victoire because of the people around her, um, especially her supervisor. Um, Nicholas also pointed out that he took a lot of risks and he assured her that money changed hands um, and he had excellent security. Uh, that she would have a good security team around her. Akashi is still suspect. Um, she thanked him for the offer, but because he had tested her, um, she had been demoted and her career was in jeopardy. And she did not needed she needed a job, and she needed it soon. But she did not want an employer who would treat her as a lab rat. I don't uh, know. Why I love that. I know I did too I did too
2: it was was incongruous with the story but I just I
0: thought it was cool well I think you know she was making the point look you were you were playing you were you were testing me unwittingly I was not a part of your experiment and I think she felt that way um I don't feel like Nicholas intended it to be that way he was just being careful Mm. But I think it's different perspectives of the same, you know, the same I mean, I mean, he, situation.
2: He, he wants to see how much she, she'll, she'll do.
0: Right, right.
2: Um, with, what she can get away with.
0: Yeah. So she declined. She was very annoyed and I know disappointed because she had high hopes for this interview. Nicholas wasn't pleased and just did remind her about the confidential agreement that was in place, confidentiality agreement in place, and she's turned around and said goodbye. End of chapter 14.
2: Yeah, I I I would have been shocked walking into that room. I really would
0: have been. Absolutely. I don't know, you know, if anyone else felt that way, but... You know, I I didn't know which direction it would go once she realized he was in there. Right. So, I thought that was a really, really good chapter.
2: It was. It was. So, that brings us to chapter 15, and she is working the night shift at, at the hotel at the concierge desk, which is always the worst time of night. My uncle did the night shift for a hotel, and he would just, the, the stuff that would come through, you know, the requests, and... Um, or somebody's bathroom had overflowed. Or Oh, yeah. The best one, the best one that I ever heard was he had uh, people calling him at the front desk because there was a couple in an, uh, a room on the top floor that were having sex on the balcony. Oh, my. <laughs> and it was like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. So he had to knock on the door to break it. It it got well. The police got involved, to be honest with you. But it was just that <laughs> was that was interesting.
0: Anyhow, uh, and it, you know it was definitely I could see that being challenging, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, KK's bit. laughing, um, <laughs> and she had said uh, regarding the last chapter and about the. Uh, you know, the intensity. Um, Lori had said that she agreed that the chapter was really, really good. And Karen, and I think that's what you were referring to, Lori, correct me if I'm wrong. And KK said she was surprised that Acacia stayed so long before leaving.
2: So she's she's doing her getting li- a list of things together that's going to be needed for the day shift. Uh, she's thinking about Madame Bishop and, and- Uh, You know, because Madame Bishop was very upset that she wasn't going to take the job, and she thought that she was being foolish, not, not wanting to take it, and uh, couldn't understand why. And uh, she basically told her, "Look, you know, I don't really think we'd be a good fit." She's not going to tell him that she doesn't like Nicholas or doesn't trust him. Um, But so she had some free time after she had done that, and she started to Google Nicholas Caserer. And the results were a lot different than what she had when she had Googled uh, Pierre Breckman. There were pictures of Nicholas as a young man at a, at a black tie event with a very pretty blonde that had been ID'd as his girlfriend. Um, and in later pictures, she, they, he was there. She, the girlfriend, wasn't. But um, he was wearing a beard and uh, his scar was concealed. Then she came across a, a, an article from 2007 that ref, uh, referenced a robbery that had taken place at the Kasserer Foundation Museum in Colonnay, Switzerland, and the, th- the three lines that really stuck her. Mm-hmm. The curator of the museum, Mademoiselle Riva Kasserer, was attacked during ro- the robbery and died as a result of her injuries. Mademoiselle Casserer, great grandfather, Edward J. Casserer, founded the museum. And she is survived by her parents, Armand and Helene, and her brother Nicholas.
0: Oh that was so sad. That oh, was sad.
2: Oh. Uh, oh my god. And then, you know, she's reading this. Now she's she's got this vision in her mind of Pierre Breckman using the Nicholas Casserer name. And then she realizes that this is his sister, and she's also, like, horrified and that Riva was, was murdered. And the picture that they had of her, she was a very pretty, uh, red-haired woman with warm brown eyes, and a bit of a, she had somewhat the same background as, as um, Acacia. She'd gone to the store Bun. Uh, she had a devotion to art program. She had set up a lot of different programs with children, and and classes that could be, you know, be taken. and uh, But the case of the murder was still unsolved. So as she closed her laptop, all she could see was Reva's picture, the image of, in her mind. And it was haunting her.
0: And and you that had to have been like the big aha moment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. finding out this backstory probably filled in lots of blanks.
2: Lots of blanks. Because, you know. It gave her a new insight on Nicholas, and mm-hmm. you know why he was involved in doing recovering stolen art. Uh, she offered him compassion for his losses. She still didn't trust him, but she, you know, she she just wanted to make sure that she, in her heart, knew where you know what was going on there too.
0: Exactly.
2: And it also referenced why he had so much security around him. Right. And you know, the article had confirmed that there was a theft of a Degas and a Monet. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that, uh, got to her was the fact that, you know, in the art world, in an art theft, there usually is nobody, no major, uh, aside from the stealing of the painting or the artifact, there's really no violent criminal activity. Uh, You you know, they may the security guards or somebody lock them up somewhere until they can be found but nobody really gets killed on those on
0: those things right so, that was it was such an odd and strangely sad situation
2: yeah so the the article had confirmed um, that about the art theft and but she, but this also brought about the fact that she had a lot that she'd learned that day she'd learned that Nicholas's uh, true name and she'd realized that Marcel, was involved in this black market, quite possibly with uh, Monsieur Roy, at the hotel, and it just it it it, it struck her. So as, as her shift is coming to the to an end, she's still thinking of Reva, and she's in the in the employee lounge or employee locker room, changing into her jeans and her motorcycle boots, and she's getting ready to go home and she walks out of the service entrance now nicholas had warned her that she should be careful because you know they don't know what's going on and you know she's all of a sudden put on a third shift and you know whatever so uh she had decided to park her motorcycle behind a dumpster and she had persuaded the security guard to let her do that and she noticed that the unmarked car that had been sitting outside uh, that was there to protect her wasn't there. And she looked all up and down the street and she didn't see anything. And, you know, she thought maybe there was a shift change and nothing.
0: And that is so unsettling. And I know when we covered this uh, chapter on uh, Wednesday a couple weeks ago, um, I could really feel the scene i had worked at a hotel i had worked in
1: the
0: i, I kn- the employees would walk out of the back of the building and there were dumpsters sitting there like this resonated so much with my experience in terms of having been an employee mm-hmm. and knowing the guys and security are watching on the cameras and, you know, what happens if somebody, something happens and they were not paying attention or they chose to ignore right. what was happening. I mean, this was really, it really uh, creeped me out. <laughs> I,
2: get, I can, I, I can understand that. Uh, fortunately, the hotel I worked in was at a summer resort and.
1: Nice. The, the,
2: yeah, I was on the beach. Not that that meant anything. We wore black uniforms. But, um, you know. The, the there was there was a hotel across the street too that had a lot of stuff going on, people mm-hmm. coming in, and so there was security wasn't a huge issue for us. But so when she uh all of a, she's noticed that the street's empty, so all of a sudden she's someone's grabbing her from behind, and a man whispered in French to her, "Where's the book?" And mm. She was relieved that the language was French, and uh, but she so she dropped her backpack and her helmet. and She dug her elbows in his side and slammed her foot in his shin, stomped on his foot, whirled around and punched him in the throat. Always reminds me of Miss Congeniality when she's doing sing.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I know. I can envision it as well. And <laughs> and Lori had made the comment that having that empty street and knowing the unmarked car was not there would be unnerving mm-hmm, mm-hmm. completely agreed completely and unnerving. and for good reason i mean she just had someone grabbing her and luckily she was prepared and just dug in yeah, exactly
2: and so then as she's as she gets the guy away from her there's a man who's running toward her, uh, the man dropped to his knees and then all of a sudden she hears this voice yelling at her uh, to get on her motorcycle and get out of here, and it was Rick Nicholas's bodyguard and chasing a large man who was coming at her, and so she grabs her backpack and she takes off on the motorcycle. In the meantime, Rick has now tackled this man before he could even reach Acacia. Adrenaline is like racing. I can just imagine that adrenaline pumping. Absolutely. And get you know she's zooming around on that motorcycle now. I think I'd be a little afraid of her being around her for that point, too. <laughs> and, but, um,
0: well, the Paris drivers are used to
2: it. <laughs> yeah, they're crazy. That's true. That's true. Especially around the uh, Arc de Triomphe. <laughs> they come in from all three, five different directions and all kind of converge. and got, They have special insurance policies, supposedly, just for that. Mm. Anyhow, um, but now she's driving on her way. She remembers she forgot her helmet.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think of the things, helmet, though, was the least of her worries.
2: I think so, too. But, you know, it's funny when you get into those situations, what you think about. Exactly. So that brings us to Chapter 16. Kasi is now, the parks of the motorcycle in front of her apartment building. And she races into the building and uh, runs up in, into her apartment. She locks the door cell phone's ringing. First time she ignores it, but then, once she's inside and she's sitting on the floor, she remembers that the phone rings again, so she picks it up. Her heart's pounding. She's because she was so worried somebody was following her, and she went. She even looked out the peephole. Claude came over to try to comfort her. God bless
0: Claude. I know. So sweet.
2: When she answered the phone, she says hello. And then all of a sudden, she hears a slow voice. Rick called, where are you? Oh. (laughs) And Acacia's like, asking how he got this number. And he said, it was on your CV, because it's Nicholas checking in on her. And uh, he asked if she was hurt. She said, no. He was happy for that answer, but said that Rick should never have let them get close to her. And, uh, you know, she said, but he had told Nicholas that she had handled herself well,
0: and I have to say, um, KK just mentioned that she could feel Acacia's fear um, at that scenario because she, mm. K- Karen got grabbed walking to work at four a.m., mm. and she was lucky construction workers were working at the new PPG building, and that is ter- terrifying. Karen, I'm so that glad is you're okay. Yeah. So you can really relate to this scene as well. As well, frightening
2: frightening so
0: see service industry jobs are no joke no
2: they aren't so she's uh, as she's uh, on the phone with Nicholas uh, Cassia wanted to know why Rick was watching her uh, Nicholas had said that the BRB had pulled their surveillance and the person was paid off and uh, she should know why uh, Cassia asked if he, this was a setup was it a game she says, I'm not a thug, mademoiselle.
1: I she
0: love never, that line. Yeah. I am not, <laughs> a, thug. <laughs> Tarzan,
2: I am
1: not a thug.
0: Who um, do you think this is?
2: Superman. Anyhow, she then <laughs> thanked Nicholas for calling and was, as she was getting ready to hang up, she heard footsteps uh, stop at the other end of the call and he said, Wait, you're not safe. The man that attacked her could have followed her back to the house, or back to her apartment and that Rick was going to be on his way just to make sure she would be safe. And as she looked through the viewer again and asked if they could, uh, if they would come after her, and he's like, you know, well, what do you think? You know, they have a problem. They need to solve it. And, right. And, uh, you know, Rick had expect, sort of expected the uh, security folks to come out, and they didn't. Also, one of the attackers had a gun. Now, this, con- this really surprised her. I think this this really shocked her a little bit when she's on the floor. Well,
0: and, and I think that also, that, that ratchets up the s- severity of the incident, right? Yes. Because yes. now we're, you know, now we're talking firearms. And defending yourself against that is a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm.
2: It's true. It's true. Um, so, Nicholas wasn't surprised. She told Nicholas that she the guard she had spoken to the security guard about parking the motorcycle behind the dumpster, even though it was against the rules. So Nicholas wasn't surprised that all this sort of happened because of that and Acacia surmised that the guard had told him, which Nicholas confirmed. Mm-hmm. He said, you have to leave Paris. And she's like, uh, Rick would es- Rick could get Rick to escort her to the airport and take her to Geneva and she would be safe there she's like, well, I got to work tonight. I mean, I, not that I've been in that kind of a situation, but I've been in the situation, well, no, I got to go to work, you know.
1: Exactly. You
2: know, either when my son was younger and he was sick and, and I'd had to work something out with my husband to, one of us had to stay home with him while he, when he was sick or whether it was, I was really, I remember having the flu one time and really bad and I'm like, I got to go in, I got to go in and I couldn't get off the couch. So I can understand how she would, all of a sudden, come up with this that you had to go to work because if she wasn't there, she was going to lose her job. Uh, and Nicholas said, "You know, suggested maybe I could get security for it with to be with you at the, but the hotel would probably kick them out." And uh, she she was underestimated this morning of what she could do because of the way she handled herself with the one attacker. And uh, he can you can be sure that they would not make the same mistake twice.
1: Mm.
0: Which is even more terrifying.
2: Absolutely. And Acacia asked and wondered why he was trying to help her. And he told her that he didn't want his, her blood on his hands. And she thought about what happened to Riva Kassauer. Uh Nicholas told her that the hotel was not safe. And they had probably seen Rick and put him together with Pierre Breckman. And who was ever looking for her would then be coming after him. He thought if she quits then they may wash their hands of her. And she knew what they wanted the journal and she didn't want to share this information with Nicholas. And she started putting two and two together and she thought possibly there was a camera that saw her get the, the find the journal under the desk and pick up the journal. Mhm. And uh, you know, she then she's figured she's gotta take her chances. Uh, it's possible that security police or BRB had been paid off. So Cassia picks up Claude. Poor
0: Claude. I know.
2: And he meows, and, and, uh, and she's like, oh, my favorite line in the whole book, she has a cat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course she so, has a
2: cat. Of course she has a cat. And, uh, but she was holding Claude tight and said that she would go after him because go go with him because it was a common enemy and uh, Nicholas told her that it was more, all the more reason to work together as she, as she flashed back to her past about previous attacks that had been almost been successful and how she had escaped from Rio to Recife mm-hmm. um, and Paris was supposed to be so safe
0: and and KK had mentioned regarding her incident that it was frightening um, because before that time she always felt safe, but that year things started to change downtown and she thanked everybody for their concern and well wishes. And, you know, again, it's this feeling of, oh, well, I, I'm escaped to a place that is safe. Mm-hmm. And now they found, you know, somebody is after me and it's not so safe anymore. True. Sure. And of course, Karen also loves Claude, because what's Hi. not to love about Claude?
2: nothing love a black cat black cats are great i had one for a lot of years i know Boys. boys. so the um sr um had a quote in there the enemy of my enemy is my ally Uh, yes actually a paraphrase of something that sir winston churchill's quote the enemy of my enemy is my friend and that actually got that was attributed to the fact that germany broke a pact with russia when they invaded uh russia during world war ii and russia had come in on the side of the allies Um, but it actually goes back to an indian philosopher from the fourth century nicholas uh, so after consideration she agreed to go and nicholas told her that rick would arrive shortly he would uh, meet her in Geneva and make sure make sure you take anything out of your apartment that is not that is of any value. She said okay and ended the call. You know that having to pack everything, you you know you
0: you only have a few right. minutes to cho- choose. I mean, it's like an evacuation, like an emergency evacuation. Exactly. exactly. Like I mean, you gotta you gotta think fast. It's a hard place to be in. And as we start chapter 17, Acacia is knocking on Kate's door. So she just pulled everything that was of value to her together. Rick is standing at her side and is insisting he stay with her. She carried Claude's things and packed all of her, had her goods with her, including Marcel's journal. And bless Kate, um, She's barely awake when she answers the door, and Akasia apologizes profusely but tells her she needs a favor. She needs her to take care of Claude, as she must leave for a few days. And I see that Lori said, did you all think about what you would grab? Yeah, Lori actually did. You know, I I always think about that. What if we have a fire? What would we have to grab? It would be tough. I would want to try and grab photos, and I'd want to try and grab my box that has all my important documents in it. Yeah, and yeah. that, I mean, and there's no way I could grab all my photos. So, short of starting to scan all the old ones that didn't have digital backups back then, you know, it's a sad thing because you uh, you know you're going to be missing stuff.
2: Yeah, and, you, you know, I've actually had that situation, you know, Hurricane Sandy. Um, at the shore, I, we had... There was a mandatory evacuation for the visitors of the island, like on a uh, on one day, and then the next day the residents of the island had to leave. So, for me personally, I had a little bit more time to gather things together. Mm-hmm. But I can re- We had in the garage my uh, aunt Jane's everything from my aunt Jane. Her her, her pictures. Her. Dishes. uh, When she had passed away and they sold the house, Uh, my cousin didn't have a place to store anything, so she brought it all to my uncle's and put it in his garage, which he was not happy with, but that's another story. But um, so it was like, you know, we called Janie, and she lived four miles away. She was on the mainland. We were on the barrier island. And said, you know, you got to come. I mean, it's your mom's stuff got to come take what you got to take which she never did which she never did and uh, because she also had to evacuate going inland a little bit um so we got down there my sister and brother-in-law and i went back down i think the storm hit saturday sunday and we were allowed back on the island on monday and uh we got on the island and it was we we had three we had had three feet of water in the breezeway of the house and it was stu- just, um, the house was very elevated a little bit and started water started coming in around the heating vents that come in and uh, you know you could you could just see around the doors and front door and stuff where it had just started to come in we had our neighbors dock on our front porch
0: oh my gosh
2: um they one of they part of their dock was up the street Uh, our big dock was under the dock next door it was a public dock from the town that we grabbed a chain and we walked it around to bring back to my uncle's house Um, it's just amazing but when we opened up the garage all of her things her pictures uh, you know from when my cousins were babies
1: Aww.
2: Everything and it was uh, my sister and I went and got the photo albums out. We took all the pictures out of the photo albums and we spread them out on a, a separate bed just so that they could dry. And then put them all together in a box. And uh, my, you know, my cousin Janie wasn't speaking to us at the time.
1: Oh so my! We
2: just dropped it off at her back door just so she had something. And her husband came over and just got rid of it, said, yeah, get rid of everything. So we did, sadly. But, um, yeah, so you, you you don't know what you're going to take. We had the house papers, um, you know, the the deed to the house and, and insurance stuff. Because that we kept in a separate container in the house, so all we had to do was grab it. And I grabbed some of my stuff and obviously grabbed Walter the Wonder Boo Boo and...
0: Aww. Good. It's so tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just remarkable what you're going you have to go through in that short period of time. Yeah, and you don't know what you're coming back to. Yeah, and and you know, as Lori says, it would be so hard. Um, Karen says she'd grab pictures, letters, jewelry that was passed down. It would be really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree so in the midst of this acacia asks her to take care of her beloved cat um and she tells kate that something was going on at the hotel and she also mentioned she had been attacked and she's going away until she knows what she's doing um, because this situation is so dangerous and kate said, this is ridiculous, and she needed to call Luke. She's like, why are you not getting the authorities involved? And Acacia shook her head and said she had to go. But Kate was worried and pulled her aside to ask if she was going against her will. And Acacia assured her that she was okay and that if she didn't hear from her to contact Luke and have him talk to Madam Bishop at KLH. Uh, Rick was saying they had to go, so Acacia gave her Friend a hug and said goodbye to Claude as they walk out the door, and that ends chapter seventeen, the whirlwind. Oh yeah. So, you know, at this point, you're thinking really, you know, I I had asked this before of some of the folks in the podcast, Jenny. You might remember. Um, would you stay or would you go? I mean, what would you do? I. I think I would go. I don't think I'd want to stay and hold on for that job. I'd be so worried I wouldn't get out of there. Now, I don't know if I would have gone with, you know, with Rick and with Nicholas. But I would want to try and run away. But I think the fact that they had such strong security probably... Influenced her to go in that direction instead of go off on her own. What do you think, Pam? I think I think so.
2: Um, I, I you know I think she. I think Nicholas frightened her well enough to, want to take care of herself.
0: Right, right, and she still has that haunting image of Riva. You know the fact that she, um, who was very much. Um, had very similar interest to Acacia. The fact that she uh, was attacked and died from her injuries, I think, still haunted her as well. So, as we, char- as we start chapter 18, uh, Acacia knew she was taking a risk. And so, on the way to her airport, she texted to Kate, Madame Bishop's number, KLH's information, and Luke's number. Um, and then, ironically, she got a text from Luke. Whom she trusted, but she did not trust his fellow BRB agents. So she saw him call and she just let it go to voicemail. I do not blame her for that. Neither. And then Rick escorted her through Charles de Gaulle Airport and introduced her to Kurt, who escorted her on the flight and took her to a waiting limo in Geneva. And I always smile about Kurt because I have a very dear friend from college named Kurt. Um, whom we were very fortunate uh, to have dinner with last night. He was visiting from the uh, Allentown, uh, the greater Lehigh Valley area. And so whenever I see Kurt, I think of my friend Kurt from college, um, who now is, you know, a grown man when has a beard and the whole nine. And Mm -hmm. when he was in college, you know, he, you know, just was so much fun and, had such energy, so I always think of Kurt when I read about the character Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um so as he escorts her to the waiting limo, who is there to greet her but Nicholas dressed in his black suit. And when Acasio asked him where he was taking her, Nicholas lifted his hand and had the driver pull to the side road out of the airport for a security check um for any listening devices by Wen, who is part of his security team and thus the wand has been has, born has been born
1: you got yes
0: wanded. <laughs> he got she got wanded um what else can i say to that um they did the wand they did the security check um out of precaution and acacia asked if Nicholas has ever found anything in his security sweeps, and he said, as a matter of fact, in my last visit at the Victoire, there were six devices. <laughs> and uh, appearance <laughs>
2: says, Mister Casaro's appearances in the book at this point always thrill me. The limo.
0: <laughs> I totally agree, Joni. He is like the man of mystery, right? And he has just compelling like James Bond. this presence. Yes, it is like James Bond. Um, he's, very, he's very dashing and very debonair, I guess. Um, and I can just, I'm hoping, you know, now that we have Passion Flicks that's got the option, option Gabriel series, hopefully these other series will follow as well, because I would love to see this as a movie. I yeah, would love, would love, good. love, 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 love. And I feel like this would be easily translated into a movie um, even more easily than Gabriel's series because there's a lot of a lot of internal dialogue and internal thoughts and distru- mm-hmm. discussions and struggles in Gabriel, whereas this um, tends to have more external action going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joni says superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Lori and K.K. agree as well. Of course. We, we love it. We love it. <laughs> Very much so uh, that he's a superhero. I love it. Um, so after she was wanded and no bugs were found, Akasi asked Nicholas where they were going. And Nicholas tells her that he's taking her to his parents' home in Colony. And the house has a full staff with excellent security. <laughs> Joni already has the hashtag ready. That's good. There you
1: go.
0: The man in the black suit, passion flicks. I think we might have to use that, Joni. Yes. <laughs> uh, seriously, <laughs> we might have to start we a want campaign. A man,
2: man in a black suit.
0: <laughs> I. Oh, that could be fun, wouldn't it? we got to think about that, guys. We want
2: a Gabriel series.
0: That's right. Gabriel
2: movie.
0: (laughs) I know. Um, So Cassia tells Nicholas that he really doesn't know her. And Nicholas says he takes responsibility for his actions. And when he looks in the mirror, he may not always like what he sees, but he can live with himself. And he says she's in trouble because of him. And so, you know, this is where Nicholas kind of gives us a glimpse of the fact that he is a really stand-up guy. Mm -hmm. And, of course, then she, because they're having this really good discussion, kind of wants to learn more about him and asks him about the scar and how did it happen. He ignored the question, which she took as a sign that it must have been a very traumatic incident. So, Akashi asked how long it would take him to find out who attacked her. And he said, not long, because his suspicions, he has his suspicions. He just needed confirmation that is organized crime, who were probably using Marcel and Monsieur Roy at the hotel. Um, and Joni says, my first trip to Europe. <laughs> what a way to go, right, Joni?
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: And K.K. says, yes, he takes responsibility for his actions.
2: He can take responsibility okay. for the actions
0: here. <laughs> That's right. Get that wand. Get the wand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think your aperol's aperitif's getting to you, Pam. <laughs> you en- have another sip. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she could not understand, you know, in terms of when she replays this incident in her mind, Akasi could not understand why the effort was to get rid of her and Nicholas says it's the iceberg effect um, when you're seeing an iceberg most of it is under the service you're only seeing about one tenth of what is really going on at the hotel and you know we had discussed this chapter just a couple days ago and and we could really relate to that i mean a lot of times in investigations you only see a little bit of what the whole picture is so until they do the investigating and thoroughly get all the evidence they need you you don't always know how big a problem it could be and
2: the, and the <laughs> right, you know we've got one invest not not to be political but we've got one investigation going on now in the country that how much do we really know? Right. You know, because right. so, so much that uh, Robert Mueller has done. And even with Watergate, there was so much that came out in Watergate that, you you know, when you that first that at the time it, right. you didn't really think about it.
0: Exactly. So, you know, given the iceberg effect and the fact that Nicholas said you don't really you know, you only are probably seeing just a fraction of what really is going on at the hotel. Makes her makes Acacia think that she has to actually contact Monsieur Roy because uh, she needs to let him know she's not coming. And she decided she could say she was ill, and Nicholas thought that was a good choice. Um, but he also wondered if she had any other interactions with other guests at the hotel or employees because, you know, he's still trying to figure out who was responsible for the attacks. And the responded that there was nothing unusual and that's why it was so strange. So as they continued their discussion, they approached the beautiful house and SR did a lovely job of describing the scene And, Joni, yes, your first trip to Europe was a fabulous one because what a gorgeous setting. Um, And Juliet welcomed them. Uh, Juliet, the longtime uh, staff member of the Kessera family, and she offered to take Acacia to her room and that breakfast would be served in the dining room. Acacia apologized, telling her that she has been up all night and really would prefer to sleep. And let me tell you, having just been on a red-eye airplane flight um, three days ago, leaving Portland at 11.30 at night and arriving in Philadelphia, uh, 7.30 a.m. local time, I can completely empathize with Acacia just wanting to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that. Obviously, I don't think that would have been considered rude at all. It's quite understandable, especially since she'd been attacked and had that horrible fright. Um, So she excused herself um, and wanted to get ready for rest. At the same time, Nicholas excused himself, saying he had some business to conduct, and asked if they should meet at 7 p.m. for dinner. Acacia agreed, and Nicholas, and had asked Nicholas to tell her about the security of the house. And I, I, I completely understood this, mm-hmm. um, because Acacia is exhausted, but she's still frightened. So she really needed to kind of feel confident safe. and safe. And Nicholas satisfied her concerns, and then she thanked him. She headed up the stairs, ducking her head, so he could not see her emotion. So, you know, Acacia comes across as a pretty tough woman, but it is really draining her emotionally. And um, as I'm looking at the chat room, Karen has said, yes, SR set it perfectly as always. Mm -hmm. And it's so true because you can just imagine that home and the grandeur of the decoration um it makes me want to (laughs) go i can tell you that i would too very much i'd love to be a guest it reminds
2: me when i was in ireland the the setting of the house Mm -hmm. um there was we were in two castles when we were in ireland and the first night we were there we were in dromolan castle which was a beautiful 12th or 13th century Castle um, that had been converted to a hotel, and it was gorgeous. And I just remember my, the Wake Love dinner that I embarrassed myself by not letting the sommelier pour my wine.
1: <laughs>
2: um, but then there was a long part of the trip. We we drove from uh, Dublin to County Mayo, and uh, which is about an hour and a half drive from coast to coast. And uh, my husband had surprised me with. A night in Ashford Castle, and ah. it was—they'd um, used Ashford Castle and the grounds to film the movie *The Quiet Man*. And so, when we were in that part of the country, I wanted to see some of the different sites where *The Quiet Man* was filmed. So I was really surprised that we had this night there. But you—you you come up this, you come off the main road or cross a, a, like a bridge because there's a, a, a stream that runs through. Or if you've ever seen the movie, the priest is uh, fishing in this when Mary Kate's trying to tell him how you know she's not sleeping with her husband and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, um, so you come up a long drive and it's a big circular and there's this huge gardens all over the place and they're beautifully manicured. I mean, you know, you got the boxed in and the flowers and Uh. whatever
0: sounds gorgeous
2: it was it was gorgeous you walk in into this huge room that's uh where the front desk is you check in um and it you know so i mean just we had taken a little tour of the grounds there was they had this guy who had a a cart and a horse and the horse's name was finnegan and it was the same type of cart that uh mary kate or john wayne and maureen O'Hara were on and where they were allowed to play patty fingers and whatever from the movie. But they took us all around, and there's there's a lot of corridors around there, and it's monstrous. This lake is monstrous, and there's an island in the middle with a small, way off in the distance with a small house on it. And they did a lot of fishing there. They had a beautiful equestrian center uh, where... Uh, Princess Anne's former husband, her first husband was the he, he ran that the equestrian center there
0: oh wow the, uh, then you came around and
2: they had like people that lived on the property that were like caretakers and what have you And one of the houses was used as Mary Kate Danaher's house so it was just really neat to be there and see all this stuff but th- I, I mean I can just imagine her going into this magnificent old home with the, you know, it's three stories and it's got a carriage house and you know, it's beautiful views out the windows and stuff. So I can just imagine how that would be.
0: Oh, just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, totally can. You know, and and I'm seeing the chat room and as Lori had said, you know, in this scene it was all catching up with her, mm-hmm. and uh, she also wishes she could be there right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And KK said, absolutely, I'll cook. (laughs) And and of course, Laurie agrees with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love that as well, because I can attest. I've actually had the privilege of having uh, sampled Karen's, Karen's some of Karen's kitchen creations, some of her baked goods, uh, when we were attending a book event, uh, as well as when we had a chance to meet in person in Western PA, and her... Her baked goods are incredible. And so,
2: sorry wants to make sure he's got his space in the garage ready. Karen.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, Karen, if if there's a chance to go on set, we might have to bring some baked goods and yes. feed the actors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Karen also mentioned that she loved the Quiet Man. Uh, Lori also thought it would be amazing. Yeah. to be there. So, I agree. I do really too. would be. I do too. So, so, we're all caught up. We are. We are. I wonder up. should we should we float our idea with the our friends on the podcast right now about sure. asking questions? Sure. So, one of the things we're talking about, <laughs> I love it. KK's ready and waiting. So are we, right? Um that'd be great. Um one of the things we thought about Um, for these Friday podcasts, is instead of doing the full recap, or we could do some recap, maybe we'd come up with one or two questions um, to have uh, people think about and send in their responses, even if they can't join us in the podcast, and we can go over it. Um, I wasn't sure what you guys thought about that, so.
2: Let us know what you think, and, uh, you know, we'd we'd want to make the podcast fun and and have a and informative for everybody so you know right if you have any suggestions that would be awesome
0: yes because you know some of you who are really uh, die hard regulars i'm talking to you joni um okay you know and KK, well and Lori has been I'm pretty right regular too, too. um You know we don't want to just you know rehash it again and again even though we could all talk about this book on you know ad nauseum because we love it so much um so karen says she thinks that's a great idea well thank you thank you um and so you know we're gonna we're gonna toy with this and figure it out um you know we haven't set the date yet for the august podcast but we'll um we will figure out the August Friday podcast. Mm-hmm. Um but we will figure it out. And Lori says that's a great idea. I'm sorry I've missed a lot. No mm-hmm. need that's to apologize, Lori. Life happens and um I can tell you that I had been a diehard on the Gabriel series fan podcast and I have had trouble getting to listen to it um during the broadcast. Uh, And I, you know, I love me some Pearling and Betty. So I'm, you know, we all understand, you know, this is something we're doing for fun. Mm -hmm. And it's meant to be enjoyable for everybody involved. Uh, It's just another way to celebrate our community of of fans. And um, so, you know, we're just happy when you can join us. And I was so thrilled that you were able to come tonight. Um, Joni says Questions sound good And I love the recaps too Anything TMI TBS is good I agree Joni And I'm telling you I am loving that hashtag I am too (laughs) I think we might have to start the campaign (laughs) Would William and Raven mind If we uh, start doing that as well I don't know about that Uh, yet (laughs) We might have to do both But Um
2: well, Strike can, while the iron's hot, right? Yeah, I mean, Gabriel's a, th- uh, a series, Florentine's a series, so maybe a standalone might be easier to sneak in there.
0: <laughs> this is true, but man, I do think the Florentine series, and um, I'm not sure if you guys read all of have read all of SR's books or not, but um, Florentine I could definitely see as a, you know, a, a story. As a series. Um a Lot of Intrigue. A lot, a lot of, of intrigue. Great settings. a lot of Mega Valley, a,
2: a Yeah. Lot of, uh, Sun Tzu. Yeah, it,
0: was, yeah, it, it would be cool. And uh Lori says it is wonderful. And Karen says, Let's get it started. <laughs> William might haunt <laughs> us. <laughs> well, if it would bring William around, maybe uh... <laughs> He could bite, yeah, some eggs, it's, see where it goes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know it's funny i was uh, I was sharing with Pam that I was uh, dropping my daughter off halfway. Um, she had a car issue, so it's in the garage, and she needed uh, to connect with her former roommate. So, in the middle of the night last night, I'm driving to Conshohocken, which is West, eastern p a. Um, sure, Joni, I know you're, Joni, I think you're Delaware based, so you might have an idea where that is. Um, so I was on the way back, of course, I always put in my audiobooks and I was listening to Gabriel's redemption, but I was kind of toying with the idea. Um, I actually have not listened to the Florentine series on audio yet. So I may, I may dig into that. Um, but I just, I love, I love listening to the narration of John Morgan
1: so much. Awesome. God rest him. He was awesome.
0: I know. And actually, I as we're driving, as I was driving last night, I was thinking, oh my gosh, Gabriel Four is not going to be narrated by this man. And it was very sad. I'll, although the other narrator um, that Roberts, he had. He, Roberts. Yeah was uh, wonderful as well and I, I, I you know uh, but uh, I just can't say enough good things. I just, da- I just
2: things. downloaded <laughs> the Divine Comedy. <laughs> really? I did I did. because oh, that'll I, be good. Because I know that if I sit down with the book because I've got the book if I sit down with the book and read it mm-hmm. I, I won't get very far in it because of all the cantos and, or if I have someone reading it to me.
0: Right. Right. So. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah. That'll be good on your your car rides to the big city.
2: Oh, yes. Every time I go, mm-hmm. pick up the little one, like, I think, Tuesday. Right. It's every Tuesday I'm back and forth in New York, either comic picking her up or taking her home.
0: Oh, my gosh. school starts. So. I know. Well, and as I'm looking at the chat room, Karen had agreed that John was... Wonderful, mm-hmm. and uh, she also made a comment that the Florentine series would be a great series. So, hopefully, we'll have a chance to see all of these wonderful works on life. the screen. <laughs> Karen says you're better with the audio. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Lori says that's a good idea, Pam. Yeah, well, like, you know, I had to read some. I had to read some of the Divine Comedy for my one of my high school literature classes and also in college. So I never had to read the whole thing but I had to read sections. So
2: Well, you know um, my reading in high school, I mean we did uh we've read a lot of Milton.
0: Mhm. Samuel Paradise Lost.
2: Mhm. Um we did D.H. Lawrence.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. That was That's right. pretty Ladies. racy for a Catholic school, isn't it? Yeah, it
2: was. Lady Chatterley's lover. Um then, uh, of course, Shakespeare. Yes. Um, a lot of John Steinbeck,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which I loved. Um, then there was, and there were others, but I really, I just really couldn't. I couldn't get into Tom uh, Sawyer that we had to mm-hmm. read. And I remember after we finished the book, we had the exam, and the, the one question that proved whether you read the book or not was how many minutes was Tom under the water
0: oh my gosh yeah
2: seriously and I was like I had
0: no idea that's crazy (laughs) wow don't you love when professors do things like that and teachers do things like that that's Uh, great well Karen said she read it in college so I I believe she's referring to the Divine comedy. I think actually we had a discussion about that. Mm-hmm. And uh Lori said that the idea of the audiobooks a good idea. Karen just said, you could say in nineteen eighty five original, Dante, <laughs> <the> original Dante, <laughs> seminar. Dante seminar, but my professor was not
1: hot. <laughs> oh, that's true.
2: my English professor, my freshman year in college, was named Professor Tom Collins.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes,
2: yeah, so everybody wanted to drink.
0: <laughs> I love it. yes so did you Karen did you share that with SR did you tell him that you actually were in the original Dante seminar (laughs) if you don't you really should you got to let him know that I think that would be great
2: (laughs) anyway so gang I want to thank you all for joining us this fine lovely evening and Walter says hello too just barked and,
0: uh hello Walter
2: yeah we'll, we'll meet again next Wednesday at 5 and we'll be doing chapter 19 of the man in the black suit and uh, look out for our August date uh, for the next Friday night podcast
0: I know I'm very excited about it and uh, Karen just got back to us uh, saying no Um, I should. I need to find my notes. (laughs) She also says hi to Walter. I do think you should do it, Karen. I think SR would get a kick out of that. Um, And we're very happy everyone could join tonight. Um, It was great seeing you all. And I look forward to Wednesday. Yes. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Enjoy.
2: And I'm going to leave you tonight with a little bit of John Coltrane for your listening pleasure <laughs>